human intelligence works in sort of the opposite way, which is like if I showed you one picture of like a woolly mammoth and that's the only picture of a woolly mammoth you had ever seen, right? And then you came across one in the world, but now it's like half the size that you expected and red. You wouldn't be like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> I have no clue what to do with this. Scotch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 398 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the tools programmer. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is January 13th, Friday the 13th, in fact. It's very spooky. Also, Friday happy birthday, th- Mom. You know? Happy birthday. Yeah. Man. Doxed. Yep. <laughs> doxed. Friday, look it up get, on Facebook, too. Get doxed, doxed. Mom. Get uh-huh. doxed. As a birthday gift from us to you. <laughs> uh uh, today's January 13th, 20 Jubilee. Uh, before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity on, on this show and lots of doxing now. Oh, yeah. uh, so we're really – we're expanding our scope, our scope of coverage. We're going to look at the calendar and we're going to tell you everyone's birthdays. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everyone's. Uh, we'd also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. Thank you so much for your recurring donations to keep our, to keep our microphones nu- filled with nutrients. Uh, yeah, I've got like a little Pez dispenser on my microphone that just kind of zips sugar pills into my mouth every now and then. And oh you know, without God. these recurring donations, I couldn't keep that thing stocked. Get me honestly. one of those. We currently are not <laughs> – donations coming in are not enough for us each to We get can't get it for us. all three yeah. of our microphones. So but if, if y'all could I've just use that a bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would like to spring for the uh, propane-powered one though that just like shoots it. Like, like a shotgun. With, like a shotgun into the yeah. back of my throat. Would this be That's a double-barreled Pez dispenser situation? You know? No, it's like a six-shooter, you know. So, Ooh. actually, no. Like the the spinning, you know, the spinning Gatling gun things from movies, which I don't, yes. I don't think anything works like that in real life, right? Where it like spins at a jillion. I don't know RPMs. I think I think there is a I real thing do. like that. Maybe that's how those like big. I, I thought like on helicopters and, and like stuff, and stuff shit. like. Yeah, maybe that's what that is. Yeah, because I think it's that when you're firing that fast, you need to rotate through additional barrels so that the barrels don't overheat because if you mm. if you fire mm. that that many bullets through the same barrel it, just it gets red hot and then warps the so you melts. actually use the you use the spinning uh airflow to cool down the barrel before oh. it comes back around the next time you know mm-hmm. right it's probably better so to have a whole system. bunch than just to have one because it would it would like wobble a lot if you just had one barrel that had to kind of swing around really fast i don't know how that works as far as the timing you know what i mean yeah it's It's probably it's probably not timed it's probably mechanically constrained by some kind of gear oh i mean it definitely is but every time i see those fucking mechanical contraptions that people came up with in like the 1800s you know (laughs) like and like they came up with some way of sticking a whole bunch of shit together to achieve some something that can like move in a certain way you know and i'm like trying to reason through how it's working and, and they and they didn't have can't. computers they just like yeah, they, they just, just like drew it they just drew it on a piece of paper and they're dude, like i think that'll work i don't know it's some i think it's maybe a naval museum or something i can't remember exactly where but it was a, it was a museum where they had some of these old cannons and stuff on display mm-hmm. and like the amount of it's the same thing right the number of variations in kind of can there's one that had like 10 barrels on it it was arranged in like a giant code <laughs> it was literally like a 10 barreled cannon so that you could load it all up at once and then sort of fire it kind of 
sequentially or even like all in like a big salvo sort of a thing. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of these really weird ones where it's sort of like that thing where it's like, well, one cannon barrel's good. Yeah. What if what about ten? ten? <laughs> it's like yeah. it's kind of awesome. Yeah, the amount of effort and technology we put into murder oh, is God. really quite astounding. Uh, lots of great, great innovations, great minds, really advancing progress. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, now we've got a couple of things to talk about today before we go into, we're going to try to get to some questions as well. Uh, so I got a little, little story about kind of a funny uh, World of Warcraft, not necessarily Easter egg, but kind of like discovery that happened. Mm-hmm which is pretty hilarious. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about some some AI stuff because it's just kind of endlessly fascinating. Uh, all right, so so this WoW, this World of Warcraft Easter egg thing. Okay, I'm like, I set the stage here. Uh, so in this game, you can get pieces of equipment that make your character stronger. Uh, one of those kinds of equipment is is called a trinket. It's basically just like a little little like thing that you can equip. It's not like a, like a weapon or gloves or whatever. It's just a... a arbitrary kind of an object. It's like a charm, okay. right? Again? Yeah. Grants you uh, something. And, yeah. And trinkets are always highly sought after because they have always have strange effects. They're never just like, this trinket just like has strength on it. It's always like, this trinket like shoots lightning onto stuff whenever you get hit by something or just weird shit like that. So- uh, is the new expansion is has been out for a while, and there's all these new trinkets because you know there's always new trinkets whenever new new content comes out, and people are always trying to figure out what are the best trinkets, what are the good trinkets, and people get really obsessive about these trinkets because they oftentimes have very unique and interesting effects that you know sometimes work really well with some things that your character can do. So right? They basically have some like some some synergies that you can theoretically discover or even take advantage of in a big way to like yeah. do some ridiculous stuff. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So depending on, you know, what what your character can do, some trinkets are like a big deal, mm-hmm. you know? And so everybody's going crazy about these trinkets. Running like building sims and like simming all the different trinkets for the character and which one is best and like going and trying to get the one, you know. And uh, meanwhile, uh, I don't. I don't really give a fuck about this kind of stuff because I'm like, yeah, hey, whatever I get is whatever I get, and I'll just uh, do do the best I can. So there's this one trinket that I've been using this whole time uh, called the the Ruby Whelp Shell, and it's a little egg. Okay, and all that happens with this egg is every now and then a little baby dragon shows up and just quote helps you in combat, uh, and it just kind of does some stuff. Like it'll like give you some stats, or maybe it'll like shoot a little fireball on somebody. Or maybe it'll heal one of your teammates. It just kind of does some stuff, okay? Everybody has been talking shit about this this <laughs> Ruby Welk dragon. shell trinket because they're like, this thing's a piece of shit. It just does – it's just – dragon just shows up and does nothing, hardly anything at all, right? And, and I've been running – What it's going to do, right? It's just right. some random – And thing. I've been using this trinket and I've been competitive with, it, with everybody who's like going after all these hardcore crazy trinkets that they think mm-hmm. are a big deal, Okay. So it turns out, it turns out that the Ruby Whelp shell, oh, oh yeah, and I forgot to mention, there's one extra thing you can do with the Ruby Whelp shell, which is a bizarre thing, which is it has a, a cryptic ability that you can use with it that has a one day cooldown. And the ability says to just like summon your Ruby Whelpling uh, and like show show it the world or something like that. Oh, so it's like a, it's like a little buddy you can So is this, yeah. I mean, this sounds like a Pokemon evolution scenario. Yeah. Well, so what it turns out is that is that that one day cooldown 
you if you target specific things in the world and summon your drag your little dragon and show it something, then that basically trains it up in a way to like be better at some aspect of yeah. what it is that it does. And so I just like unknowingly have been using this trinket. And whenever the one day cooldown was up, when I happened to notice, I would just like summon my dragon, you know, or whatever. Just show it something. And and just be like, look at this thing. And then it would like, it would have a little emote or it'd be like, oh, your dragon like does a little dance or, oh, your dragon like shoots like out a, a little puff of fire. Clementine will remember that sort of. A- yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I, I've just been, I've just been using it because it's like dumb and fun. Adorable, yeah. uh, but it turns out that this trinket, like once you train this dragon up is like the best trinket <laughs> in the game. And everybody has been just ignoring it and like so many of the of the people in my guild have disenchanted it so they've just they've gotten it and then they just destroyed it or they got it and then they just <laughs> sold it to a vendor because they're like this is just a piece of crap's just taking up bag space you know and so mm. so somebody figured all this stuff out and like how the training system works and whatever because it's all kind of like obviously very it's very obfuscated um on purpose you know <laughs> And now all of a sudden, everybody's like opening up tickets, uh, support tickets to like try to get their trinkets restored that they destroyed, <laughs> you know, and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a good lesson, right? Because like if you're if you're getting like hyper obsessed with like all the min maxing and trying to like squeeze that extra little last percentage and following what everybody else says is the best, you know. Then Probably you may end up you may end up missing some stuff, right? And also, like, so what? It's a video game. Just I actually, think it's I also think. it's a, it's, a, it's a difference between like continuing to climb up a slope of improvement rather than leaping to a new peak, right? Because, Looking around, yeah, it's the, it's the same as like this is how stochastic models work for solving certain kinds of problems where like if you tr- to solve it just kind of randomly the solution space is too it's basically infinite right so you can't actually explore the full space and then say oh this part of the space is the, actually the best one therefore like this is the this is the model we want to use right when things get really complicated you just have to explore random parts of this infinitely large space right because the mm-hmm. end, and then like and then as you explore random parts you're gonna like be landing at like very different places you know like with different kinds of different possibilities of how high the peaks can go or how low they'll go or whatever right but being on one of those peaks doesn't give you any information about another one. And so – Yeah. You're doing the best that you can with what you're exactly looking, you're looking at. at. Yeah. And which so, is a local maxima. Yep. Uh, so a lot of like yeah. the way that these models work is they have to they, – they do two things. One is when they find something that is better, like the score goes up, right? But the score never gets like – because it usually is a scoring mechanism. The highest score wins kind of a deal for like trying to choose the right model, right? But it always has to be a combo of there's an added extra random chance that even when things are going well, you also try something really different sometimes, right? Just to try to land on another peak that's actually a better place to be. Um, and it's well, so yeah, that's the best way to this define is, these things. This is out. a great segue into this AI stuff <laughs> that is good. because because all right, so AI is everywhere. We we've talked about it quite a few times. We have some interesting stories about our own sort of like playing around with AI or like around the winter break and stuff. Um, I've been trying to listen to a lot of people talking about like both sides of both sides of of the debate about what AI is capable of and where it's going. Right? Because you've got like you got some people who are almost like the crypto bros of AI. Right? Oh, yeah. Just like this is. What we are doing is is the next big thing, and you got other people which are basically saying like, yeah, but like, let's think about this, you know. Mm -hmm. And also, maybe the way that we're going about it isn't actually 
going to get us there. Um, and so, Adam, when you're talking about this idea of of the local maxima, um, I was listening to the Ezra Klein show, and he's and he's had several guests talking about AI. And one of the analogies that they used was the uh, the idea of the drunk person looking for their keys uh, at night. I don't know if you've heard this analogy, which is like there's this there's this drunk guy. He's lost his keys, and he just he just keeps like uh, looking around in this like streetlight area. Like there's this illuminated area on the sidewalk and he just keeps like walking in circles trying to find his keys, you know? And then this uh, police officer comes in and sees this guy, like he's clearly distraught and he's like just walking in circles, you know? And the, and the police officer's like, sir, what are you doing? And the guy's like, oh, I'm trying to find my keys. And the officer's like, I've noticed that you've only been looking in this one spot this whole time. Have you tried looking other places? And the guy is like, well, I can't look anywhere else because this is where the street light is. <laughs> right? And it's like, uh, so this guy talking about AI was talking about how how right now uh, deep learning or machine learning is the street light. And we're, we're trying to solve a bunch of problems of creating intelligence with AI, uh, but we're only looking in one space specific spot and trying to use that basically and just scaling it up, right? It's basically like if we just give it more and more and more data, um, then it'll just be able to keep doing more and more things when really it's just going to be doing the same things, but just with a bigger data set, right? Um, I think because- Yeah, I think that, that metaphor also works really well just for the much simpler problem of just data analysis, interpreting data, like what how people do it, right? Because the whole idea of like a machine learning system is that it's building up something so complicated that a person actually can't really understand what it's even doing, right? They can understand the algorithms that have been put together to make it do that, but the final thing that it's doing is not actually like meaningfully comprehensible, right? But yeah. even with just like a simple data analysis thing where you just have a you have a pool of numbers and you're like, I don't know how this thing works, right? It's that it's the idea that I'm always talking about of of having Bad data is not better than having no data for exactly this metaphorical reason, right? Because when people say like, oh, well, this is this is like the best we can get. This is like the data we have. So this is like, and like we can get this interpretation out of it. And sure, yeah, it's got all these caveats, right? But because it's what we have, we're going to make decisions based on this, right? It's the same metaphorically. It's basically saying like, well, that's where the spotlight is, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, so we're just going to hang out in this space because now it's not about whether or not the interpretation is useful or correct or anything. It's just literally, well, this is for the spot. Bounded. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think a good, a good kind of like, um, a good kind of way of thinking about where we're at with, with this kind of AI stuff is that, is that if you think about a human brain, the human brain has a, a lot of different parts that are responsible for different kinds of things, but they also kind of like shift the responsibility around at different times in in kind of like strange ways. Like, and there's not necessarily a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of crosstalk. There's a lot of like offloading of of resources and demands from one part of the brain to the other. Um, And so, you know, I think for the longest time, there's this idea that like, oh, like there's this section of the brain that's like for this thing. And this other section of the brain is just for this thing, right? When really it's way more complicated than that. Like there are, there are areas of the brain that are predominantly in use for certain kinds of activities, but they're still pulling from lots of other places, right? Um, and so you'll see really bizarre things happen. Like if somebody gets some kind of a brain injury where like a, a piece of their brain ends up missing, right? Um, and there, there will be some things that they can no longer do, but not always forever, 
right? And like sometimes things kind of shift around and the brain kind of like adapts and shifts resources to make it so that they can still get by, right? So it's kind of like a self-adapting thing. But what that implies is that is that um, it's not like our brain is just like one big blob that just does things in one way, yes. right? Which is what deep learning is. It's like what we're basically developing with deep learning is some kind of prediction and pattern matching system, mm-hmm. But it doesn't actually have any other capabilities beyond that on its own. And so probably what's going to have to happen in the longer term is that we'll have to take this thing, this deep learning piece. concept, and start to use that as a piece of the, the AI brain, right? And then make some other thing that can talk to the deep learning module and build understanding out of it, right? Um, because in, until you have that, all you have is like, what did you call it, Sam? A stochastic parrot. Like a yeah, dumb was, thing that just kind of like research. Re- yeah, some of the researchers that I was looking at were talking about. Uh, you know, what when you talk about AI, uh, I think basically the calling it AI is useful from a essentially like a, just an immediate crockability standpoint from people, which is like what the thing is capable of doing, which is producing things that appear to be intelligent or are coherent, right? Well, that's what I would say the A is for. Because like it, I would say it's not it's not actual, it's not intelligence. It's artificial intelligence, which is it has the appearance of intelligence, but it's really just a pattern matching model. Yeah, and right. that can be really confusing because again, the the patterns that we're talking about here are to Adam's point earlier about just the size of the data set involved here, and like what you're looking at from like just how big that basically streetlight gets. Uh, it is weird to say that oh, that this thing could produce using basically this like pattern matching stuff could essentially produce like an essay that is coherent, right? And it seems to make a lot of sense. It seems weird to say that that's just like a pattern matching activity and that behind that, nothing is understood about what is being stated. Or in the case of, of you know, these, these pictures that uh, a lot of people were talking about AI art generation stuff. And I think one of the funniest things to me is, is its inability to understand what a hand is. Because <laughs> well, it doesn't understand anything. Well, but I think that's what I'm saying. Is like I think oh, if yeah. you look at how it produces hands, it's a really good example of how this kind of a model does not. It's not producing things by knowing what it's doing. It's producing things by essentially statistically trying to kind of like push things, morph things in the direction of coherence, right? And yeah. so there's a big difference. But it's, it's not tr- it's not trying to render a hand. Correct, because it's it's true that if when you because it doesn't a, know what a hand is <laughs> exactly exactly. So when you look at a human being trying to draw a hand, it is very rare for a person to give it six, eight fingers, or another hand coming out of a finger, or like yeah, just the, all sorts of weird shit like that. Right? Hands are notoriously hard even for people to draw. Like, but that means yes. from a realistic perspective, you know, like. But it's still going to have its five fingers, right? That's what I mean. in cartoons, yeah. and it might have fewer in cartoons because – For a reason. For a reason, which is just yeah. a lot of skinny fingers is not actually very good for animation yeah. and stuff, right? And the black outlines around cartoon fingers kind of crowd out this fine detail of having fewer yeah. fingers. But so yeah. I think if you think about it from a ha- from the hand standpoint, that's a really good uh, – I think it's a visual metaphor for – the actual capabilities this thing has, which is that it can produce things that uh, appear to have coherence, but are oftentimes wrong when uh, when you know how many, in this case, how many fingers a hand is supposed to have, right? When you know what you're what you're actually looking for, and you have some expertise in that domain. It's very rapidly apparent sometimes that this is that the model, because it's again because it's stochastic, and stochastic is a fancy word, just essentially means random. Is that right, Adam? Yeah, basically, yeah. It's a random model, so it's, it's just it's, it's doing a, stuff. It's a math word for and, and remember, randomness actually isn't a real con. Like 
the idea of randomness is a lot more subtle than people because people think it means like like when people say like literally random, they just mean like absolutely anything can happen kind of a thing, right? But randomness just means there's some degree of unpredictability mm -hmm. as to which of some set of outcomes are possible, right? Um, but like something that's 90% likely to occur is still random. Something that's 99% likely to occur, still random, right? It's just, so randomness itself doesn't mean anything inherently. It's about the degree of, of different kinds of outcomes and what it, how you decide what they are. This is, this is the whole idea of like, oh, the universe would be predictable if you could know where literally everything, if you had literally all of the information, you could predict all kinds of stuff, right? With very high certainty. And it's like, okay, that's, that's true. And that, but we, that's not possible. Right. And that gets to the idea of like yeah. randomness isn't inherent in the thing. It's about your ability to predict it. And it's a, so randomness is actually a limitation of the observer, right? Mm -hmm. Not the thing itself. But yeah, when it comes to like these models, like the stochastic aspect basically says it can't just take what's out there and then give it back to you because then we would say, oh, this is just copyright. That's just copyright infringement. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. It has to give you something else. And the only way it can do it is by trying Dude. to understand and model things as basically a random system. But again, random in the idea of there being some degree of unpredictability. So like faces are random, right? But extremely biased random, right? Most faces have two eyes and a nose and two ears, right? Most faces have hair on the top of their heads, right? Mm -hmm. And like there's these, so it's, it's a biased randomness. And basically what these models are doing is they're trying to they're basically given fuckloads of data, right? And they're trying to pull out those patterns that have, that are still random as far as it's concerned, right? Because it doesn't, again, like I said, doesn't know what it's looking at, right? Mm -hmm. But it can, it can discover the concept of a face because there are so many faces and the variation between faces is not so high that it can't find a pattern there, right? Unlike a hand, because a hand can be, think of how many configurations a single hand can exactly. be, in, right? Your fingers yeah. can be fucking anywhere. And like the angle towards and all the, the camera. Different perspectives. Yeah, <laughs> different perspectives and all this kind of stuff, right? It's, it's actually, you can take to successfully capture the concept of a hand, right? Means that you have to have a model that's enormous that captures so many hands and all their different variations that like, that you, that you can represent them, but also that, that model has to somehow be able to see, even though, like, if you take a hand and turn it sideways and look at it, right? It's, it's just it doesn't look like finger. a fucking hand anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, so that's actually why this thing is so hard is because the model actually can't see those, both of those things as a hand, right? Yeah, I put it this way. The possibility space for a hand, the same way it's hard to draw is it's, it's so big. It's so yeah. fucking big, yeah. Uh, and so this idea of stochastic parody instead of artificial intelligence... Uh, was in one of the, the articles I was reading about from some of the AI researchers. But basically what they're saying is that it's not, it's intelligence in a lot of the same ways that you see intelligence from parrots, where they're they're repeating things. And sometimes they repeat things and smash them together, but it's kind of all the same stuff that it's been given before. The, but it the doesn't, parrot isn't, it's not trying to say something about it. It's exactly, just, it's exactly. just repeating things. Because yeah. even, even like a, an infant baby artist trying to draw a hand will get the number of fingers correct they'll get the number of limbs correct on a person. There's no confusion about what you're actually trying to draw because you're actually trying to, you know what you're trying to draw. It's not trying to somehow. It's a, it's a skill problem of drawing le less so than an understanding of what a hand exactly. is. Exactly. And so <laughs> in the case of these, yeah. these AI, then you have this situation where the more, the broader the possibility space for a particular thing, 
the more apparent it is that it has no idea what it is actually drawing or what it is actually sort of putting together at all. Well, and I think the idea that the model that, that you get doesn't actually like – within the model, there isn't a thing that you would then say, oh, that's its understanding of a hand, right? Correct. You might find that for a face because there are enough – very overlapping patterns of faces that you end up actually with like one model that kind of represents how to generate a face, right? But because hands can then be represented in so many, basically discrete, you can think of just different peaks, right? Like a sideways hand versus a high five versus a fist, right? It's actually like three separate models, right? That yeah, very different yeah, things. That we can well, tell as people different. like, yeah, that those, those are all representations of the concept of a hand, right? But they're actually just three completely different concepts in the context of like a. Well, I'd also think about it from a perspective problem of like uh, if you're training up an AI on faces, are you going to show it faces from the the top down? Are you going to show it like what is it? What is it? You what really is weird angles? <laughs> yeah, like really weird angles, and it's like no, you're just going to show it like people generally looking kind of towards the camera, right? Yep. But that's not true of hands or most other body parts, which can be at the other at the ends of limbs, and they're in all kinds of different. Oh, yeah, they can be anywhere in space. Yeah. So, so I would bet, I would bet, you know, if you wanted it to draw a top-down view of someone, it would the, the face part of it would not <laughs> necessarily be accurate. Um, yeah, and it's because it's because the the deep learning and like machine learning concept is all about taking a huge amount of data about like a thing, right? And then as soon as you come across something that isn't isn't already in your data set, then you you can't infer a connection to it, right? Whereas like as a human human intelligence works in a, sort of the opposite way, which is like if I showed you one picture of like a woolly mammoth, and that's the only picture of a woolly mammoth you had ever seen, right? And then you came across one in the world, but now it's like half the size that you expected and red. You wouldn't be like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> I have be like, no that looks like have... a red woolly mammoth. Why is it so yeah. tiny? Yeah, you wouldn't be like, I have no clue what to do with this, right? And which is why things like self-driving cars are a big problem, right? Because if you're, if you're training like a car to recognize a pedestrian and like an animal, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like what happens if, let's say, let's say somebody's driving an excavator across the road. And just by chance, this this uh, machine learning pattern recognition thing in this car was not trained up on what a piece of construction equipment looks like or that piece of construction equipment. And it can't really infer it, right? And so it doesn't know if that thing is an obstruction or a hazard or something to just completely stop for or just drive around. Maybe it's just a garbage truck that it just needs to, you know, it's just like stopped and it can go around and that's fine. There's a lot of like uh, of inference coming from past experience that just gets applied to new unfamiliar things that that machine learning can't just cannot do. Well, I think a lot of it is, right? is that the kind of models that that we use were like the kind of because it's still it is in the end still you know pattern recognition, right? But it's the it's kind of it's pattern recognition plus extrapolation, right? Yeah. Into, but, into yeah so, new, so that means that the kind of models that we store then aren't like here's the model for how to generate a dog, right? It's it's somehow more it's somehow actually simpler than that, right? It's not like here are all the components that make up a dog or whatever, right? It's here's this like really, really abstract idea of a dog-shaped entity. Of a, well, and, and that first gives you the idea like of an entity. Right? Yeah, you start getting all this stuff. Yeah, because our brain, and it's actually it's like- a perfect model of a chair. Yeah, but it's, it's a hierarchical model, right? Where it's like, the, even the concept of an object, as in like sort of the, 
the the upstream most abstract concept of like an object is a thing that can be in the world, whether it's a person or a desk or whatever. A, d- a discrete, a discrete thing. Because we actually <laughs> we start from there with the idea that there are like things out in the world that take up space and volume, right? And that they are discrete from one another, right? Because even that's actually not real. You that's actually don't start there, right? Because babies take a while to even get objects. Yeah, to figure that out. yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so like, you actually start a place where you're like, everything's soup, and I don't even know what the fuck is going yeah, you on. You start right? kind <laughs> of like one with the universe, yeah. sort of yeah. a Zen monk state. Yeah, but you, uh, but you end up building though the, these like all these different models that you can then add on top of each other and like mix together and do all this kind of stuff with, right? So that you're not basically taking a data set and asking like, which to which of my models does this apply, right? Or you're not saying like, oh, which of my models should I use to like answer this question or generate this information or whatever, right? It's instead like constantly mixing and remixing di- at different layers of abstraction to to figure out how past. So it's basically you can imagine like trial fitting like Tetris. It's like you're taking all these patterns and being like, which one of these combinations at the right level of hierarchy, right? Like then tell me, oh, that's a window. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not what machine learning is happening here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's the case that then the, the reason I think it's important to, and this isn't, to, this isn't to say that this stuff isn't, isn't powerful or useful in a wide variety of context, because it is this particular kind of, uh, of, I don't know what you call it, intelligence or thinking. Right. But, uh, it is the case that I think you recognizing where it has limitations and more importantly, why those limitations are in there, I think it can give you as a person a bit more uh, understanding of like where these things will fall short and where they sort of will have a very hard time until it's until again, it's on a different kind of a model entirely as far as how they how it thinks. Right. Because while you could still say, I don't know, someone may already have like trained up. Train, try to train up an AI on hands because people have been training up AIs and all sorts of stuff right, recently, mm-hmm. right? So maybe someone has trained up some a hand model AI and then like it knows it can like really get pretty good at putting hands together, right? Well, honestly, and that makes sense, right? That like you would have, it's like we talked about the brain having different parts like good at different things, right? Like a significant amount of our brain power is dedicated to just being able to recognize human faces. You have, yeah, there's a there's a part of your brain, like a whole piece. That's a specific thing that we have. Yeah. That we're just very good pattern at. recognition. And also faces. that you can be bad at and also have a brain lesion that causes you to be unable to do, like you can, there yeah. are people who have the literal yeah. inability to differentiate faces from each other, right? Yeah. It's so like facial fusiform area. I think is what it's called. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So like what we're doing with AI then is is in the long term, we're actually just building independent pieces of, of a brain, right? So like uh, like the, the basic pattern recognition and pattern matching thing turns out hands are hands are weird, right? <laughs> but also it's about standards. Because yeah. because like uh, if you are an animal um, and you rarely see a human hand, then you may not really care to distinguish between what the individual fingers are doing or yes. whatever, right? But if you're a human and you you have hands and everybody around you has hands and recognizing all the nuanced motions and positioning of hands is really important for you to navigate, right? Then having a piece of your brain that's really good at that uh, is really important, right? And so, so you know, somebody's going to develop some plugin for just hand pattern recognition that, like, a deep learning uh, image generation uh, system could use, and it like the hand generation part would fill in that gap, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with faces, same thing with whatever. And so over time, you know, you can kind of like assemble these together and, and make a digital brain that can. There to have there, there are the actually things, there's yeah. already libraries of these that you can add into. I was looking at this when I was uh, doing some experiments with stable diffusion. Like you can get ones that are trained on. You basically can get 
these big data set add-on things that someone has put together that say like do a bunch of anime or a bunch of like anime faces or whatever else. So you could you can actually pull these into your the basic model that they have and start getting stuff that's much more uh, much more accurate for the particular kind of thing you're looking at. But again, again, when it it's generates not going outside you, those bounds, yeah, yeah, it has it does not know what it is what things are, and it's it's a weird point that feels like maybe. Maybe it's splitting hairs, but I think if you, if you well, it's, it's not it, it's splitting like, hairs because because yeah. this is this is uh, the the framing that uh, one of these AI researchers in the, on the Ezra Klein show used was was they're they're talking about this in relation to the concept of bullshit. Yes, they basically said so. There, there's like there's three Honestly, kinds yeah, of there's three <laughs> kinds of information. There's truth, there's lies, and there's bullshit. Right. So truth is like there's things that are that are reflected in in reality. Right. And there's lies, which lying is about intent, where it's like, you know what's true and you purposely obscure the information. And bullshit is just some stuff that has no intentional relationship with facts, right? Mm -hmm. It's just saying some things without any concern or understanding about what it, whether it relates to reality. Right. That's a very yeah, it's probably and, a better way to think about what they're capable of generating at this point. Yeah. And so the problem is like where we're at right now with, with machine learning is we have now just suddenly found ourselves surrounded with infinite bullshit generators. <laughs> um, because think about like what happened in uh, 2016 with uh, with the, the Russian like uh, uh, troll farm concept mm -hmm. where they were just like, let's just pay a bunch of people, you know, like a million dollars a month or whatever. And we can, we can just overwhelm social media with just, just bullshit. not bots, but just people spewing bullshit. And some of that bullshit will get caught on and start to be interpreted as true by people. And otherwise, it just kind of floods the system and makes it hard to tell truth from fiction. Well, now, guess what? You don't have to pay people to do that anymore. <laughs> you got AI that can do it. And it doesn't have any opinions about whether what it is saying is harmful or helpful or accurate or inaccurate. It's just going to say stuff, right? And so you can flood any system you want, whether it's with images or with things that look like official news articles. Yeah. Um, like I was, I was kind of blown away. I was using uh, the chat GPT to see like how what is this thing's level of of capacity to kind of like extrapolate even from within this conversation that I'm having with it and so I started asking it about just simple stuff like unit conversions where I was just like what's the distance you know from the earth to the moon and then it gave me a number right and I'm like I'm not going to I'm not going to fact check it I'm just going to assume that that's correct and like keep asking it some questions and then I was like, what's the, uh, what's the length of a Chevy Cavalier, you know? And it was like, oh, it's like, well, something feet. Um, and then I was just like, how many Chevy Cavaliers would it take end to end to reach the moon? Mm. And its number was just completely wrong based on the two numbers that it had given. Again, it, it gave just, you a number though. It gave you it a just, confidence. It, it just said it. Yeah. yeah. It just said this is how yeah. much it would take. That's um, what I mean. It's like, it, it does not know. It doesn't know what anything. It, is talking about. <laughs> it doesn't know anything. So now we and say, it doesn't, and it doesn't have any intention of what it, it's what it's saying to be interpreted in any way at all. It's just gonna say things. Yes, yeah. right. So now, now, now you said all of this, and this is like the explanation of why like human intelligence is different from this, right? Um, so 
how do we explain then the fact that that people were demonstrated to be so incapable of actually understanding that what they were seeing was bullshit, right? Because that, because what that kind of implies is that the model that the person has to do pattern recognition to like understand and like model the world, right, uh, was reflected, like like matched the bullshit, right? Like it's the same, right? Well, because because yeah, people people do use pattern pattern recognition, do, pattern yeah. matching, right? And so the problem is is if you take a if you take a a, a bullshit manufacturing system like a troll farm or now like an an AI troll farm, I guess, and you and you overwhelm people's inputs with bullshit, then the predominant source of information that they have has no relationship to the truth, right? So if you spend all your time on Facebook and and all your quote news just comes from memes posted by your racist uncle or whatever, mm-hmm. um, then over time you start to inhabit that world, right? Because you're that that bullshit starts to crowd out your sample size of everything else. Well, I think this is also right. This I think this is also the distinction. Like as we we're talking about earlier, is that the, the way that your brain works is by a, a combination of modules that are all like interact with each other in complicated ways, right? That are capable of different kinds of things. And I think this this way of sort of like this is all metaphorical, right? It's not we, people have historically always made the mistake of like whatever the tech they had available, they were like, oh, this is how human brains work, right? So yeah, the oh, brain computers. is like a steam got, engine. It's like a steam engine. <laughs> and it was like, oh well, it's got RAM and like a hard drive, just like our brains, you know. Like and, and we keep on, but it's always metaphorical, right? Um, but if we think about in this in this way, where there's there's still there's truth to the metaphor, just it's so yeah, it's loose, right? Of us having like pattern recognition is a is a central component that our brains use to eventually determine models of the world that's matching things against. Um, in the same sort of vein, not the same way, but the same vein as what machine learning is doing, right? And but there's also other things that our brains can do and do do, right? But not you don't have to, right? As in, like there are there are lots of people who would search under the spotlight because that's the lit up spot. You know what I mean, right? There are lots of people who just say things without actually having any understanding of what it means for their for their saying those things that are just a mishmash of of the words that are like you listen to like any any right wing politician, right? And like that's what you're hearing is basically like this combination of terms. If you actually like, if you actually look into any one of them, it's like this doesn't mean anything actually, right? It's just this recycling of these patterns, just the stochastic parroting, right? Well, I think what's well, it's, it's about it's about overwhelming with a message, right? Well, no, I which, think I think it's is, it's about the fact that when you are reading something, when you are listening to someone, you are using a combination of tools to understand what's what's happening. So mm-hmm. there's this that joke about TED Talks, right? Which is like, if I want to give a TED Talk yeah. about absolutely the dumbest thing that you have ever heard of, if I change my cadence just like this, and then I tweak it this way, then suddenly <laughs> I'm giving a TED Talk and you better listen to me because it sounds like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Because what's happening is when you when you are reading a message from someone, actually there's a first step, which is just check. It's a coherency check that your brain's doing, which is just like, does this appear to make, does this yeah, appear does to make sense? I mean, yeah, I don't mean pa- appear. Pattern recognition. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not. It's I'm, the lowest level have, of pattern recognition. Yeah. You don't have the bandwidth as a person to cross vect, cross check every fact, every piece of grammar someone has. So you get the gist oftentimes from other pieces of information, how well something's written, the kind of words is being used, the cadence of someone's speech, uh, the tone of reflection, whatever. And the thing is you can mimic all those other pieces way easier than you can mimic actual 
intelligence about something, right? Actual putting together a facts about something. And so it's not so much, I think, that it's like a like an overwhelming of the system with, with, with bullshit so much as it's a production of apparent coherence, which is the first read. And we don't have time. You never have had time. Like the, the default part of the of the brain that interprets this stuff, um, I believe this is true for my psych stuff, was that you, you default into belief because it's very expensive to default into disbelief about what people are saying to you, right? So it's well, there's, there's, well I would say it's not about defaulting into belief. It's it's having uh, cheap heuristics, right? So yes, which is yes. Uh, heuristic yes. is just a fancy word for pattern matching, right? It's just shortcut to understand <laughs> rule of thumb, right? And a rule like, of thumb this is kind of like this, just pattern so. matching, right? Yeah, it's all it's yeah. all the same, and and so 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 the the point that I think is important here is that. Is that on the one hand, I agree completely that like machine learning is nothing like human learning. They're very different and so on, right? But I also do think that the efforts that people are making to draw distinctions between the two um, are the same kinds of things that people have always done, which is they they've they default to the pattern that well, human intelligence is unique in its own, like it's so amazing, it's its own kind of fancy thing, right? And when they talk about how they're different between like us and a certain kind of animal or whatever, mm-hmm. right? They only capture it. In like very certain terms, actually, and where the stuff they talk about is representative of like they've picked out a certain subset of what people can do. It's right? a spotlight again, basically. Yeah, but not necessarily what people actually, actually do, and not what yes. all people actually because we do do right? this, right? And yeah, we point, absolutely like this. do this. Like when when people like when yeah when a when when a, a seventh grader is, is writing an essay about a book they read, yeah. Right? Are they are they doing what you know a person who's thirty five and spent 20 years in academia studying the shit out of that th- like it, what's the difference between those two right because one is like like when i was in seventh grade you could like take my essays and like any other fucking seventh graders essays and you could look put, put them next to each other and be like could have been generated by chat gpt right like yep. like i was <laughs> i was ta- yeah we're, you know? and like that's actually how we're taught we're taught how to take patterns it's like it's like the five paragraph essay and you start with the topic well like, yeah right? an essay is not something that exists in nature Right. It's something mm-hmm. that like somebody tells you exactly what an essay is and how to structure it and how to make one. And then for years, you're just judged on how well you have executed on matching the yeah. pattern of what it's It's the same way that <laughs> machine learning is trained, where basically machines are given a whole bunch of examples. And then they're told, hey, generate a new examples that look like this but aren't identical. And then we're going to score you on how close it was. And then if you do worse, then you tweak your model and you try again and it scores. It's grades, right? It's the same. It's the same model, right? So, so yeah, like it's not, it's not how people work. And sure, like people have a whole bunch of advantages, right? Well, it's uh, just, it's just a part of it. But it is, it actually, and it's not just a part of it. It's like a really core. It's a big part of it. Yeah. It's a really core part. And I do believe that like the, the pattern matching aspect of that is actually so fundamentally a core part of what people do that as that stuff gets better, that like the reality of like how close this is to what we ask people to do in normal day-to-day life, whether it's hear a speech and determine if it sounds legit, right? Or whether it's sit down and like write something that somebody else needs to read or whether it's process some information and like summarize it or whatever, right? Like that kind of stuff in the end is actually stochastic yeah. parroting. Well, we're just right. we're just working our way up through the developmental stages, right? Like we're yeah. building we're building like t- like toddler up to like ten year old child level of AIs yep. that can just like see a thing and be like, I mean, but guess, I th- 
But only kind of, because it still doesn't understand of. what a hand is. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not it's only but it kind. does but it does understand other things that you know humans would have a much harder time with, right? Like it doesn't understand, but it's able to do things. Yeah, but again, but it's this, but because but the part where we're differentiating that like people are really trying to draw attention to is the idea of understanding, right? But that's not even something like, we don't actually understand what understanding is. You know what I mean? Like. If you try to define that, it's real fucking slippery. It's like it starts to get away from you. Yeah. So you try to like really identify what that means, right? Because like what it really is is the ability to like – when we say like we understand something, um, what we mean is that we believe we have a cohesive model like for model that that we can articulate it, yeah. that separates that thing from other things, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's kind of like what it means to, to understand. But oftentimes right? when, you, when you think you understand something and then, then you, you try to explain it to somebody, you realize yeah. I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> all I want, all I want is for someone to train up an AI on the uh, Elizabeth woman from Theranos, the, the blood drop company from who committed just a ton of fraud and got a bunch of mm-hmm. investors to buy in for billions of dollars and then just try it uh, on some investor people and just see if it works. Cause honestly, see like, if, if they can raise there, some money. Yeah. If you raise a slide, want, yeah, well, but again, like this is, by saying this is happening, but people are doing this already to like, it's what like, I mean. It's the, the same. same yeah, yeah. Cause like, there, there is a model. The entirety like about of TED like, talks, right? yeah, the entirety of the crypto boom, right. Mm-hmm. Was just bullshit. Like it. it was the same stuff that like, like if you like if you look at the stuff that people are saying, like yeah, it sounds coherent. But again, if you start to dig into any one piece of it, you're like, wait a second, you know. And I think that's that's the. the it's the same. Well, I think maybe this it's is just the same stuff. But also, thing, but the people is, who are saying that stuff, I think sure there are some people who are are charlatans and like as in like they're lying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most but there are a lot of people though who like as in the crypto space and everywhere else, right? Who don't understand that they don't understand. Yes. Right? Yes. But this is, what I, this is what I was trying to say, which is that I think that it's the case that in life, okay? In life, there, there are two paths. My dog is screaming in the background. Don't worry about it. You can either uh, basically focus into almost like specialize in pattern matching mm-hmm. and and basically stochastic regurgitation, like one of these AIs, right? And you, you do see this with people. You've met, a per, you've probably, everyone has probably met a person who's, who weirdly is that, right? Where they're they're saying things and then you start asking them questions and they cannot actually grapple with we, the things that they've we said. We call that the ideas guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a thing, right? So but you can you can actually make a full living off of these things, right? Depending on the industry you go into, uh, depending on again, you don't you don't have to be a charlatan about it, but it can be the way that you navigate through the world. Well, and I think actually most of the world is that. Like almost any structure in the world that you start to look at, it's just bullshit that, I mean, cobbled together over time, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, cobbled yeah, together the other one time. Is the, is then the like the one of actually developing that understanding, right? It's an understanding model versus a pattern model, sort of a thing. And the differences they they intersect with each other a lot, right? Uh, but I think depending on the person, depending on the situation, you maybe train up in you know more of a balance toward one or the other. But I, well, I think I think that's and I think that's true. I like, guess the, the idea of like the sure people have the capacity to like move towards the well. Let me actually like reason through this sort of side of things, mm-hmm. right? But what we're actu- what we're actually actively trained to do is absolutely not that, right? Like going through our schooling systems and like the way that our that our family structures and social structures all work. It's all basically here's a pattern, fit the pattern. That's the whole that's the whole thing, right? And you're actively pushed away from the understanding based model because, like, at least my experience as a as an autistic person who like my default position is like, but why though, right? I can I need to build 
I need to build the the explanation for why the model is the way that it is. Right? Yeah, and everybody's like, quit asking questions. Everybody we got, we're, we're on that. the clock here. We yeah. got to get through this. They hate material. it. <laughs> and and, uh, and so like my like my experience as a person who didn't want to just like work with the pattern and move forward was that every everybody hated it, and my peers would then try to prevent me from doing it. Right, because that's you're the, wasting their time yeah, by asking right? questions. Yeah, but in I think class. I think the, the reasoning behind that is 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 not is not it's not the case that people hate it because they hate it. No, there's. It's, I'm saying there's not reasoning behind it. I'm saying like that's the that's how it all is set up. Right, it's because every structure that we have in place basically discourages. Yeah, yeah, but, but that's what we're getting at. It's like it's not it's not like a natural propensity of people to hate like diving into things or having some oh, no. questions. It's it's, it's how it's we've just, set everything up. Yeah, in the case where you have structures that are pushing you on time and on like limited resources across every domain or whatever else, then getting explaining something and then getting beyond the point of where you think is sufficient to meet the standards that are coming up next week on the test or the fuck is not. Yeah, but, that, but that's yeah, that's my point though. Is that I think because of the fact that that's how mm-hmm. all of the pressures are aligned, right? Is that even if you, even though people do have the capacity to reason through stuff, right? In theory. In practice, it's pushed out of you the whole time so that in the end, yeah, you basically true. like you're actually being constrained into being a stochastic parrot, right? And this is why, because like if you push most people on almost any belief that they have, you'll discover that they haven't actually thought about it, right? Like almost any – and that's not to say it's a good belief or a bad belief, just like – well, I think that the reality yeah. is you you can you can always push further into any particular thing that a person yeah you always has. can so, but the question is what's the default degree to which you've pushed into it yeah right? what level of depth are yeah. you at and the default is actually like about zero because that's what everything Correct. is pushing against so I, think, so I think this is where this all comes together and why uh, AI that generates content I think is so fucking dangerous and it's going to do a lot of really bad stuff right. Because look what like a hundred troll farmers were able to do, right? In tw- like in twenty sixteen, yeah, right? you can like, you can destabilize a whole democracy, yeah, by with that, because with that people, low level of effort, yeah, because people <laughs> do not have, they, we're not actually living in a in a collection of structures that have enabled, but also like tried to make it so that people could could dig, and that the default is actually digging, right? Yeah. Since we've been pushed away from that, then then actually Very susceptible the, the information that people generate is basically the same stuff, right? And that they like the patterns that they're dealing with are at the same level as what these AI content generation systems are already generating, right? Mm-hmm. So well, well, and there's there's another layer to human interpretation of things that currently isn't present in AI, um, which is the concept of defense mechanisms. Yeah. Right. Yep. Where as a so as a person, it has taken you a long time to get to this point in your life. You're yeah. invested. You're also right? resistant to tweaking your patterns. Yeah. Um, and you also have a survival uh, goal, right? Which is like uh, we've we've talked in the past about the idea of the explore exploit paradigm, which is there is a time to sort of learn and do research, but you can't do that forever because at a certain point you run out of time or resources to just keep asking questions and and like developing tools or tech or going to school or whatever. At some point, uh, you got to actually take that education you got or take that knowledge you've got and use it to actually stay alive, right? Uh, which is like go to school, get a job. That's the explore exploit model sort of summarized, right? And so, uh, so you have a, a purpose to learning all this stuff, which is survival, and there's a huge cost to learning all this stuff as well. Things that that challenge all the investments you've made and all the steps you've taken to get up to this point are a threat to you. 
So at a certain point, uh, your goal in life is no longer understanding and reasoning through to get to the truth. Your goal is uh, to to protect your investment, right? And so that means if you come across information online that says this this thing that you've that you've that you like or that you've done or whatever is actually kind of a problem, and you should like eating meat, for example, is an, is, an, is a good is a good one, right? Where it's like, hey. This thing that we all, not all, but like many of us like to do and it's like a core part of our life and blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe we should think about maybe not, maybe yeah, not doing that. Scale it back a little bit. Maybe, yeah. maybe we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and instead of, instead of just looking at that and going, that's some new information, I'm going to incorporate that into my life going forwards. Instead, it's, I don't have time to, to like redo my whole freaking diet plan and figure out all these new recipes. And like, that's expensive and I'm in survival mode now. Right. And it's like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm also going to double down and, and rationalize. And in some cases, like become, you know, the meat guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and become very anti vegetarian or anti-vegan. Um, well, it's because there's it's, all these it's defense mechanisms. Your, but this is getting like a pattern system because like, you have a mental model of yourself also and like what it means to be a good person, what it means to be. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and your, all of your models become sort of intrinsic and also, but the, because of the pressures also basically being like, well, if you do something bad, you're now a bad person and, and then all the consequences of all of yeah, that. Yeah, and I'm not a bad person. And if they're saying bad people eat meat and eating meat is bad, then they're clearly just wrong and dumb, right? Yeah. Because I'm good and I eat meat and so, you know, doesn't <laughs> yeah, jive. I just, you know, I eat meat, still do. Yeah, I, and I, I, know, I eat I meat. I facts. I eat meat uh, sometimes, but but rarely, right? Yeah, um, but the question it's is, it's just like, everywhere. Yeah, but the question is, is do you do it belligerently or do you do it while admitting that there's an ethical uh, dilemma that you're that you're participating yeah, in? Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, yeah I think, and I think that's the that's the distinction, right? Is is are you are you reactionary, right? Because you're like, oh, my pattern is being is being uh, defied, right? And like, I can't that the pattern has to be true. I need well, I think true, that, again. Right? Going back to it, it's like the, the AI does not have an identity to defend because yeah, it doesn't exactly. know anything. It doesn't even know what it's saying. So the funny part yeah. about we were chatting with these things on character.ai was that they are very good at playing the improv game, the yes and. Yeah. They'll just take whatever you say and they're like, interesting. And then they just riff on it because, again, one, it doesn't know what it's saying at all. And two, it has no identity to defend. It has, yeah, it has no, uh, it has no self-preservation instincts. <laughs> yeah, so, so you you could tell it something completely contrary to something that it has adamantly stated in a pre, like very concretely stated in just mm-hmm. the prior paragraph, and it will just do a complete one eighty on its Gets previous on stance. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is honestly like. And it so depends yeah, on it, the model, right? Because you can you can create a model that hates certain ideas. Like, yeah, in terms true. of yeah. like yeah. when it sees a pattern, what it generates is is a something that we would interpret as defensive, right? And in, yeah. in response to it. You can absolutely create that, but but that isn't the default, default. Yeah. state of the thing, right? Which is very yeah, but, is, but, but is, it is actually how and I think this this the reason that there are so many people who are like warning about the consequences of all this is that is that because these things are stochastic parrots, right? And they have to be trained on data, then they will always reflect the data that goes in. And so if the data does a certain thing, then so will like a the, person. Just, just <laughs> like a person. Then so will the so will the output, right? And so and you, and you see this with like chat GPT, like a lot of what you see is like they make a release and then you see a whole bunch of news items about, oh, it turns out if you put in like 
if you ask it questions about like X, you can get it to say something bad, right? And then mm -hmm. they put out a patch and then the next day, like you can't make that happen anymore, right? And you'll see things like, oh, what was it? There was, I can't remember which of the, which of the things it was, it was a little while ago, but there was some uh, image generator that would like, it just like wouldn't generate, it would only generate like white people with some certain query that you would ask, right? And, and then somebody discovered that once they like patched it out, what they actually had done was, was like any time the word like person or something was put in there, they would actually automatically amend the query that came out and they would actually append like All different like ethnicities and stuff like to the end of the query <laughs> so that it would actually generate, right? And, and that's actually what has to happen. So, so basically what they're saying is by default, our system has, is person is white person. And, in, and in, that train, then, in that trained in, in our trained data set, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. and then to get to get people of any other race, you have to specifically yeah. go outside of the bounds of our default data. Yeah, <laughs> but this is but this is actually how all data sets work, right? Because the data yeah, set reflects the biases and the in the, of the, the structural biases of yeah. the system that the data came from. And if you don't actively work against that, then all you do is you just make things that are really good at generating information that looks like the information that that data set would contain, right? Mm -hmm. But well, there's, so there's if also... If it's super biased data, then so is the output. But there's also kind of bizarre guardrails that end up getting put on these that go, in some cases, beyond the, like, beyond the scope of, of reason. So like one of the things that you'll see in ChatGPT is if you ever ask it anything, about like what somebody looks like or something like that. It will never tell you, it will never say any co comment about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even something like, and I, I think this is still true, but if you ask it something like, what will be the gender of the first female president of the United States? Mm -hmm. and, and it will be like, there's no way to know that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or, or right. what would be the religion of a, of a Jewish CEO of a company? And they'll be like, I can't comment yeah. on that. There's just simply no way to know. And we shouldn't judge people based on that, right? Right, and right. it's like so. So there's all these programmed responses in there where it'll look for questions about, or it'll look for like you know phrases or words about appearance or it's phrases or topic bounds. That are yeah, and it, and it just it just won't comment on it, even if it's just a like a factual basic like is is well, a again, equal it to a because it doesn't right. know what that you're saying because it doesn't know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's again, just yeah. it's just a dumb robot, right? Well, and it's and it yeah. always will be missing any nuance because you can't generate nuance from an enormous statistical sample, right? And where, yes. where the idea is to identify patterns and then use those patterns to generate stuff that looks... And this is, again, hands are nuanced. That's why you can't make them. If you want to have a discussion about the the politics and complexity of, like, gender and, and like, and related concepts, right? Like Robot is not the robot, conversational yeah, that partner. Is, that is not the have. conversational partner for that because it can only do there's not a is, lot of data about that. Well, and even when there is, it can it can only reflect the most dominant uh, uh, patterns, right? Which then cannot be the nuanced ones. It cannot be the ones that talk about how like, oh, it's actually an interesting question about because like the question of of whether like the first female president, what gender are they, right? Is actually a very nuanced question because gender and biology are not the same, right? But it can't it can't give you that answer because that's not going to be found in that like data set of basically random well, fucking. Well, and importantly, that, that's not a question that any person would ask unless they were trying to test a robot to see what it would say <laughs> yeah. in response, right? Because like to ask, you know, for what's the what's the gender of somebody who identifies as insert gender here, right? And it's like, why would you ask that question? You know the answer already, right? <laughs> the answer's in the question. Uh, so why would the data set include any kind of exchange that looks like that? 
you know? Um, yeah. So like you said, there's no nuance. There's no possibility yeah. for nuance there. And yeah, and if you treat but, these things like they have nuance or the ability to give you answers about things that it doesn't have in its data set, because it'll still protect. I mean, like, again, unless it's, unless I it's think- been programmed to not do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Then it will still try to, it'll still spit out something, you know? Oh yeah. It'll still do just it. Some, some spider well, hand. I think to okay. me, it's just the hand is the thing. Cause it's like, yeah. Would you trust someone giving you answers who, when you first ask them the question of how many fingers does a hand have, they give you a bunch of different responses that are all over the map. And mm-hmm. maybe a few of them are correct, five, but then they're also like, sometimes hands have seven fingers. Sometimes there's another hand coming out of a hand. And then <laughs> would you ask them a question that you want a fucking answer to, a real answer to, about how to market <laughs> your product? Yeah. No. Good God, no. It's so obvious. So don't think about now, it. So, something that, <laughs> yeah. something that, I, that I will say, uh, it just has like a final closing kind of interesting activity for our listeners to try mm-hmm. is just go over, go over to uh, character.ai. This is a website where basically people have put together through like very basic priming um, a collection of different AI characters that you can talk to. Um, One of them is a game designer bot, which uh, Sam and I were were playing around with a while ago. And it was very fascinating because like, like Sam was saying, it's an improv partner where it will, it will yes. And sort of anything that you do. So you can say like, I want to, I want to make a game with like, this is the core mechanic. Um, And then the, you know, the bot will come back and be like, oh, that's really cool. Like, have you thought about maybe like working in this additional concept into it or like, and it actually like feeds you ideas. But again, it's based on, it's based on patterns of like stuff that I've seen. You can't just take it and run. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. So it doesn't know what it's saying, but it's it's an interesting. Like I think I think where these things are useful is when it comes to uh, having having someone to just someone quote in quotes to bounce ideas off of and have like a conversational partner about something like uh, fiction, right? Which is like you're designing a game and you or you want to like invent some kind of a new kind of a of an animal in your game or you know whatever, right? And like. One of the weirdest things was when I was talking with this game designer bot and I and I was just like making shit up just to see like what it would say, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like I want to make a, I'm making a game where like um, you can you can uh, acquire or you can like develop the capabilities of different kinds of animals. Right. Uh, what would be some interesting ideas for things that the player could do by learning from different animals? Right. And the AI said, uh said that one of the mechanics could be that you can develop snail eyes, which you could use to look around corners. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> you know, and so every now and then it'll, and, and even if what it says is nonsense, sometimes it will, of, it will oftentimes, you'll plant the seed of an idea mm-hmm. where you're like, Ooh, actually though, like that's dumb as hell. But like, there's, yeah. if I take fun. that in a different direction, yeah. Uh, but you don't have to worry about your about your design partner, conversational partner, having their own agenda or getting hung year. up on something. Mm-hmm. And, and like the AI can say something and you can just go, no, that's too dumb. Let's try something else. And the AI would be like, okay. And then it just moves <laughs> on, right? Because it has no opinions about trying to protect its own It's useful ego, for ideation you know? that you intend to check and do research on later. That is the extent of it. That's yeah. all I would use. Those trust things. trust nothing. Trust good, nothing for, about, good for okay. riffing, you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, that's why it's also like, I, I mean, so on like the programming side, um, GitHub Copilot just keeps getting better. Like it's getting really good these days at, uh, at helping me do my programming job. And again, it's the same idea. It's like, it's, be, it's because of pa- places where patterns that aren't nuanced actually, right? 
are really useful are things like programming, right? It's like, oh, I've, yep. it's like, oh, I've seen literally 10 billion for loops. And so if I sit down and I've, <laughs> I've done something that's like almost always ends up having a for loop following it, right? There's a good chance that's what I'm doing too. Like a really good chance that that's what's happening. Programming yeah. is not hands. It's you know not hands. I mean? It's, it's not hands. Not, it's, it's the more whole like thing, faces. actually, about programming. <laughs> yeah. It's even better than faces, I think. It's like, because the yeah. whole point is you have to tell the computer exactly what to do. That's the that's the most beautiful space, I think, for one of these stochastic yeah. pairs to operate in. Yeah. Beautiful space. Because the yeah. semantics yeah. and the data are the same, actually. Right? Yes. There's not, there's not an extra a, a layer that isn't in the data. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what you're doing looks like this. You're probably going to do this other thing next because that's just what yeah, happens. What it, looks most like of is, the time. <laughs> what it looks like is what it means. I think that's the that's the crux. It's good right. space for it. Yeah. That's also I why like ChatGPT can do such a good job because human language isn't as it's not random. It's not as there are, reliable, there are right? But yeah, but it's not it's not random either. It's incredible. Well, it is, but again, it's like that really biased randomness, right? Yeah. And again, the data and the semantic and the, like the data and the meaning are almost in perfect alignment in the same way that programming is just not quite right. It's still, it's a lot looser, but unlike, unlike image data, which is like, it's a two dimensional set of colors. Right. And then we're trying to pull, we're trying to be like, is there a face in here? Right. Like the meaning and the data are really decoupled in the case of image analysis. Very different. Yes, that's true. Yeah. With words, it's like, uh, some words have a tendency to come after other, some other words. Yeah. Right. And that's like, that's the whole, that's the whole model pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, anyway, I mean, we could riff on AI like all day. So we'll probably do it more next week, you know, cause there's always weird stuff happening with this. Uh, but that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Sampa DaCosta for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.